Welcome to the Gospel Saves podcast, a program that discusses all matters related to the Christian faith. I'm Wade Stanley, an evangelist with the Church of Christ. Please visit thegospelsaves.me for blogs, videos, and Bible studies. You can also find The Gospel Saves on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. Welcome back to my study of the end times. This is episode 3, Not One Stone Will Be Left Upon Another. In this episode, I set the 24th chapter of Matthew within the context of Jesus' final week. As Jesus draws near to Jerusalem for the final time, he laments not one stone will be left upon another. Jesus knows what is about to happen in the upcoming week. He knows he will be rejected by the leaders of his people. He also knows what awaits as a consequence, the complete destruction of Jerusalem including his father's house. Not one stone will be left upon another. Before I get into this study, let me do a little housekeeping. You may notice a slight drop in audio quality when the study starts. This study was recorded several years ago for my weekly radio broadcast. I didn't have the equipment then that I do now, so please bear with the slightly poorer quality. If you're listening to this podcast on Spotify or Apple and you find this or any of my other content helpful, please consider giving the podcast a five-star rating and leaving a review. If you're watching this on the Gospel Saves YouTube channel, please give the video a thumbs up, subscribe to the channel, and click the bell icon to receive notifications when I upload new content. All of these small gestures help the good news of Jesus Christ reach more people, so you can help me preach the gospel and teach the doctrine of Christ's church to as many people as possible. I appreciate your help. And now on to our third study in the End Time series, Not One Stone Will Be Left Upon Another. On our last couple of programs, we've noticed that the New Testament writers present the entire Christian age as the end times, the last days. We've seen this in places like Hebrews chapter 1 verse number 2, that God has spoken to us in these last days by his Son. In Acts chapter 2, verse 17, Peter says that the Holy Spirit has been poured out in the last days. We also notice that Jesus teaches that there are two ages, this age that is and there is one to come. And we saw in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 that Jesus has died in this age. So the age that we're living in, the last days, is anticipating an age to come. Of course, I think what the Bible means by that, what Jesus means by that, is the heavenly age, the age when we will be with God and with Jesus for all eternity. There's one more passage about this that I'd like to bring to your attention. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse number 11, Paul talks about the ends of the ages. To place this in a little bit of context, Paul is is talking about the importance of reading the Old Testament and learning those stories. He brings up Moses and the children of Israel, how they wandered in the wilderness and how God gave them water from a rock, how he fed them with bread. And yet, in spite of God's providing for them, the children of Israel were not able to remain faithful. They gave themselves over to idolatry. They gave themselves over to sexual immorality. They were not able to keep themselves pure. And because of this, they suffered some consequences. Paul says these things were written as an example for our admonition that we might learn. 
And we are the ones upon whom, he says, the ends of the ages have come. That's 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 11. Now remember, he's writing to the Corinthians 2,000 years ago, some 2,000 years ago. And it would still apply to us as well. We're living in the end of the ages. We're living in the last days. And those last days have now been stretching since Jesus came to this earth, died on the cross, and ascended to the right hand of God. There is no revelation that we can anticipate for the future. There is no further sacrifice for our sins. There is no other savior. The only thing that remains now is for the world to play itself out and for Jesus to return. This is how the New Testament presents the end times, the last days. We're living in those moments right now. One of the more interesting passages to look at whenever we talk about this particular subject is found in the 24th chapter of the book of Matthew. In Matthew chapter 24, Jesus talks extensively about the, the end days, but that's not the only topic that he discusses in that chapter. He also discusses the fate of the city of Jerusalem. Before we get into Matthew chapter 24, I think it's good to, to place that particular passage in context. In Matthew tw chapter 24, Jesus is in the, the final week of his earthly ministry. At the end of this week, he is going to be crucified for our sins. He spent some of the time of that week in the temple, teaching the people, giving some very important parables, and debating with the scribes and Pharisees and Sadducees. By the time he arrives at the end of chapter 23, Jesus has said all he can to these people. He pronounces eight woes upon them, and then he laments the city of Jerusalem. And I think that this context is incredibly important. If you would, turn in your mind to Matthew chapter 23, and I'll read these closing verses. Because I think Matthew chapter 24 needs to be understood in the context in which Jesus was speaking. Now in Matthew 23, he says in verse 34, Therefore indeed I send you prophets, wise men, and scribes. Some of them you will kill, and crucify, and some of them you will scourge in your synagogues and persecute from city to city, that on you may come all the righteous blood shed on the earth, from the blood of righteous Abel to the blood of Zechariah, son of Berechiah, whom you murdered between the temple and the altar. Assuredly, I say to you, all these things will come upon this generation. This generation. Verse 37. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her. How often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. See, your house is left to you desolate. For I say to you, you shall see me no more till you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. To properly understand Matthew chapter 24, we need to understand the context in which this teaching was given. As Jesus draws the 23rd chapter to a close, he is lamenting the city of Jerusalem and the rejection of his Messiahship 
by the leaders there in Jerusalem. Over and over, God has sent them prophets. He has sent them wise men. And Jesus says, I'm going to send you more prophets and more wise men. And what are you going to do to them? Well, you're going to do the same thing that your fathers did to the prophets in the past. You're going to kill them. You're going to crucify them. You're going to scourge them. This generation, he says, had completely rejected him as the Messiah. And they would continue to reject those who spoke in his name. And this is why, in verse 37, he laments Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her. He's wanted to gather them, to protect them, to, to be a mother to them. And yet they were not willing. They were not willing. So what's happening here is Jesus is talking about the rejection that he has experienced from the Jewish people. Now, if we compare this with something that Jesus says earlier in the week, in Matthew chapter, excuse me, in Luke chapter 19, verses 41 through 44, we're going to notice a, a lot of similarities. In Luke chapter 19, verses 41 through 44, we find Jesus coming in to the city of Jerusalem at the beginning of this week. You can just imagine him riding in from the east, as most people would, coming into the city, seeing this beautiful city set upon three hilltops, this glorious place, the one place on earth where God had chosen to set his name, where the temple for the true and living God had been placed. This city that was filled with God's chosen people, the descendants of Abraham. But this is not a joyous occasion for Jesus. As he draws near to the city, we're told in verse 41, he weeps. And he says in verse 42, If you had known, even you, especially in this your day, the things that make for your peace, but now they are hidden for, from your eyes. For days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment around you, surround you, and close you in on every side, and level you and your children within you to the ground. And they will not leave in you one stone upon another because you did not know the time of your visitation. Jesus, once again, is, is mourning over the city of Jerusalem. And he mourns because he knows what's going to happen. They have rejected him as the Messiah, as he says, you did not know the time of your visitation. Who has visited them? Well, the Son of God has visited them. They did not recognize that the day had arrived, that day that they had been anticipating, expecting for generations. Here it was, but it wasn't the man that they had expected. It wasn't the Savior that they had anticipated. It wasn't the Messiah that they wanted. He had come to them lowly and meek, not particularly striking in appearance. They wanted a conquering general. What they got was a suffering savior. And so Jesus says, as a consequence of their rejection, their enemies would surround them, they would build an embankment against them, and they would level the city. He says, not one stone shall be left upon another. And by that, I don't think Jesus is meaning literally that every building will be torn down. He's He's using an idiom. He's using a Hebraism. He's saying that you're going to be completely destroyed. This city will be a shell. People won't be able to live here. 
And all this is a consequence of their rejection of him. They had rejected him as the Messiah. So Jesus begins this week, this final week of his ministry with this understanding. He reiterates it later on in the week in Matthew chapter 23 as he talks about Jerusalem, as he talks about how he wanted to gather them as a hen gathers her chicks, but they were not willing. They did not want to take on his salvation. They did not want to accept his Messiahship. They had rejected him. And so it's with this context that we come into Matthew chapter 24. And you might be wondering, well, what does this have to do with the end times? Well, it doesn't necessarily have anything to do with the end times, except that oftentimes passages concerning the end times are misunderstood because they apply not to the days right before Jesus' return, but rather the days that lead up to the destruction of Jerusalem. That's the topic that is on Jesus' mind in the 24th chapter of Matthew. That's the primary topic. When we place it in context, we can see that. And as we come into the 24th chapter, we see Jesus and his disciples leaving the temple. And his disciples are looking around and they see all these incredible buildings. It must have been breathtaking. And they say to Jesus, look at all these wonderful buildings. But Jesus knows what's coming. He knows the fate that these buildings have ahead of them. And so he says in verse number two, do you not see all these things? You can almost imagine in your mind's eye Jesus holding up his arms and, and sort of waving them around, perhaps in a circular fashion, saying, do you not see all these things? Assuredly, I say to you, not one stone shall be left here upon another that shall not be thrown down. That's the exact same language he used back in Luke chapter 19, talking about the city of Jerusalem. This beautiful temple complex would be destroyed. And that's the context for the teachings in Matthew chapter 24. Thanks for listening to the Gospel Saves podcast. If you found this program useful, please visit thegospelsaves.me to find blogs, videos, and Bible studies. If you enjoyed the music on this podcast, please visit acapeldridge.com. You can also find Acapeldridge on Apple Music, Google Play, Spotify, YouTube, and Facebook. May God bless you as you seek to know His perfect will. Oh